Folks, the Winnipeg Jets are hitting the road for a couple of games, and Winnipeg has, for the most part, handled a very difficult schedule with grace and style. We'll talk about what Winnipeg's upcoming games might look like, some interesting trade rumors around some top names in the league, and whether or not the Jets should be in on any of them, and uh, just some general updates about some fun stuff with the Jets, a little bit of an assessment of how Vili Heinola did in his season debut, and what we can expect from him going forward. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey folks, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, obviously, on tonight's episode, I wanted to cover a couple of fun little things. Um, I wanted to take a look at how Winnipeg's upcoming opponents are doing and which of these teams the Jets might be a little bit wary of. Because obviously, Winnipeg is going on the road for a brief trip for a couple of games. And then they'll be coming home uh, around my birthday, actually, which is pretty fun. Uh, the Jets are going to be facing Colorado uh, on next Tuesday, which should be an awesome game. I'm not sure how much of it I'm going to be able to watch live as I'll be uh, attending an event. But hopefully afterwards, when I come home, I can finish off you know the game and keep watching it and celebrate my birthday with a sweet Jets win against one of the top teams in the division. But before the Jets can even get there, obviously they have some business to take care of. And their slate of upcoming games this week and over the weekend is quite challenging. Let's be real. Uh, now, the first game is going to be probably the, I wouldn't say easier of the matchups, but the Minnesota Wild haven't really had the start of the year that I think they've really been thrilled with, right? Um, the Wild have only won two of their last five games. And when you look at the score lines, it's not exactly flattering for Minnesota's finishing talent and for their um, general performance, right? They lost to Pittsburgh 6-4. They lost to the Predators 2-1. The Sharks beat them 3-2 in a shootout. Um, they did manage to beat the Kraken, but it was only by one goal, one nothing. And then they defeated Carolina 2-1 uh, last weekend. So, you know, a real mixed bag of performances. I think the general problem with this team is that you know, they're not really scoring a ton this year. When you look at Minnesota's overall offensive performance, it's been a little bit stale, to put it lightly. This this wild team is not doing a ton offensively. They're not getting a crazy amount of saves, uh, at least until the past couple of weeks. And just in general, there seems to be something wrong with this team that's a little bit hard to figure out. Um, they haven't conceded like a crazy, crazy amount of goals, but certainly for a team that thinks of itself as a playoff contender, you know, they're just not finishing enough. I mean, the Jets have only finished one more goal, but they've also conceded way less because Hellebuck uh, has been a rock in net 
and Winnipeg, you know, their PK has improved a lot. The Wild, on the other hand, haven't really had a super, super stout defense. Offensively, they've just kind of been average. And so this team just generally feels like it's struggling to find its footing. I don't know if that's because the talent has decreased this year. I don't know if, you know, maybe some of the tactical systems aren't working as well. Whatever it is that's wrong with the Wild, I think Minnesota is going to be really desperate to put on a good performance at home against the Jets. Because when you look at their positioning in the standings, it's not like they're particularly far behind. They're only trailing the Jets by five points. And while they have played one more game than Winnipeg has, you know, the difference between third and sixth in the central right now is only split by that fraction of, you know, small points. So obviously, you know, the, the Jets can't really rest on their laurels. They need to be very sharp. And I think the Jets have all of the capability of taking care of business. They just have to be careful, make sure that they're, you know, attentive. Um, I'm not sure if Fleury will be starting in net tomorrow. I don't know if he's been starting too recently. Um, but, you know, this is obviously not a wild team that the Jets can really afford to sleep on. Uh, Philip Gustafson looks like he's been filling in here and there and could be a bit of a difficult out. But, you know, the the other thing with the Wild is that, generally speaking, in the past when Winnipeg has faced this team, they don't tend to give you a lot of opportunities in the slot, which is kind of where Winnipeg makes its its bread and butter. But the Jets have been really good on the forecheck. So maybe this mashing of styles against another team that likes to also have a pretty heavy forecheck is going to give Winnipeg something of maybe an equalizing force. Hard to say exactly how this is going to pan out, but I do think that the Jets are either going to win in overtime or regulation. I think the Jets are good enough for it. I think that they've been on a pretty good roll recently, and hopefully Winnipeg can squeeze out a few goals and uh, do enough to see out this victory. That's because, you know, the next two games on the road are Dallas and Chicago. Now, Chicago, another team that the Jets really shouldn't have too, too many issues against. This is kind of one of those trap games, though, and we all know that Winnipeg against weaker teams, sometimes they don't show up. But the one that I think everyone is circling is Winnipeg's final matchup against the Dallas Stars this year. Obviously, the Stars have had a a very interesting two games against the Jets. The first game, Dallas smoked Winnipeg. The second game, Winnipeg smoked Dallas. So they have split the season series so far. This is to decide the uh, the year um, matchup between these two teams. And, you know, Dallas has been really good over the past several weeks. Uh, past couple of games, they've, they've actually struggled a little bit more than, you know, maybe some of the early starts to the season. But for the most part, they're still massively outscoring their opponents. They are just racking up goal after goal. Jake Ottinger has been very good in net. Uh, they just barely lost to the star or to the uh, Avalanche the other night in a shootout. Ottinger did a ton to really bail them out. But the other thing with the, the Stars is that, you know, Robertson, he has been kind of the linchpin of their offense. That top six really thrives when he's really rolling. So, you know, the Jets have had issues conceding a lot of opportunities and goals and points to Robertson. Would be nice if the Jets kind of limit that this time and are able to hopefully at least get a point out of this game. I'm not going to ask for both because I think that's a lot. Uh, this is a very, very tough team at home to beat. Um, you know, going to Dallas, it's not going to be easy for the Jets. So cross your fingers, hope for a strong performance like the last game where Winnipeg dismantled them 5-1. I expect that they'll be a lot angrier this time and a lot more motivated to not be embarrassing. So we'll see how the Jets handle it. I have at least some faith that Winnipeg is going to put on a good performance. Winnipeg has given me more confidence and optimism than it has in past seasons. Whether it's warranted is debatable, but you know what? Just go with the vibes, and uh, hopefully those vibes are enough to carry the Jets to another victory. 
Now, of course, in the meantime, Winnipeg is probably entertaining some trade thoughts, and uh, there have been some articles and stuff from Saravalli and from Friedman and some other sources talking about players in the market and which guys are currently being explored and maybe some you know trade partners having second thoughts about what they're wanting out of some of these deals, especially for defenders, uh, which is where the Jets right now have a bit of a, a trading strength. And, you know, the Jets left side, a lot of depth, a lot of players that they could move. But it sounds like some teams like the Sens might not be finding the exact kind of fit that they're hoping for. So we'll talk about that and what I hope the Jets do over the next few weeks. Uh, but before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally day, every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost for my immune system, something to arm me with a lot of vitamins and minerals heading into, uh, obviously, the fall flu season. You know, COVID's also going around, but you can't really neglect all of these other bacterial illnesses and stuff. So giving your immune system a huge jump is really important. And what's really convenient about AG1 is that it's super affordable. It's less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health and it's way cheaper than that cold brew habit, right? You don't need as many ingredients. You're not worried about as many different powders and weird mixtures. And if you're worried about, you know, whether it fits your dietary lifestyle, no worries. AG1 is keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, and gluten-free friendly. So no matter what your restrictions are or what you need, AG1 is, you know, right there for you. It's super convenient and it's got no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or weird additives. They want to avoid all that stuff because they know you're really health conscious and they want to deliver a product that is just right for you. They uh, have found a way to reduce all of the need for like millions and millions of pills. So be sure to check out uh, AG1 from Athletic Greens. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're now taking a look at uh, some potential trade rumors and stuff and players that maybe the Jets have thought about inquiring on or or maybe have had some inquiries on their own roster uh, as well. So obviously Winnipeg is in a very interesting state right now with a roster that is not quite super, super high on finishing talent, but certainly is loaded with a lot of roster defenders who, you know, might actually provide some value to some teams that are, are in real dire straits on the back end. But before we talk about what's been going on around the trade market, I did want to recommend that you also make your second listen of the day, Locked On Sports Today. It brings you the games that matter and the biggest stories in sports and helps you go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts who provide you insights that only Locked On can give you. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Again, it is free, so be sure to do so right now because, again, we just really appreciate your support. Now, circling back to the Jets, it's been reported that, you know, of the guys that are on the trade market, uh, in terms of forwards, Anthony Duclair might be on the chopping block for, I think it's the Florida Panthers. Uh, you know, the Panthers don't have a lot of cap space to work with, and I think he is apparently on the mend, might actually be coming back pretty soon. And he's got like a $3 million cap hit. 
Duclair over the past couple of seasons has been a really solid finisher for this team. Last year, he had one of the best scoring seasons of his career. Uh, He posted 58 points in 74 games and had 31 goals, which is absolutely nothing to sniff at. He had, you know, almost a 20% shooting percentage, which is a little bit on the high side. But even with the Sens a couple of years ago, he had 23 goals and he was shooting around 12%. So throughout Duclair's entire career, uh, when he's been healthy and not being, you know, also healthy scratched, Duke has been a finisher and it's somebody that you can really slot in on your second or third line. He'll provide a great scoring boost. I think, you know, his contract situation is pretty affordable. Winnipeg would actually be doing the Panthers a bit of a solid. Um, and because Paul Maurice is coaching this Panthers team, he might be interested in taking on a player that he feels some familiarity with, somebody that he likes in their bottom six. Uh, maybe there's some kind of a trade to be worked out for like a Mason Appleton, or maybe he would be interested in Logan Stanley or something. There's plenty of defenders that the Jets could be offering, especially because the Panthers defense has had a number of injuries on and off throughout the season. Maybe they're looking for a little bit more depth. Either way, uh, I think Duclair would be a very intriguing option. He wasn't somebody that I had on my radar, but if the the Panthers are having cap trouble and that one is going to be activated off of the IR soon, then I think the Jets would be wise to swoop in and see if the price is right. Because let's be honest, uh, the Jets' top six could definitely use it with Ehlers being sidelined for who knows how many months Duclair is going to be super affordable and he's a proven finisher and does a lot of the things that you want in transition, even if it's not quite at the same level of what you're asking for from Nick or somebody comparable, right? Duke's going to have some notable gaps in this game, but the scoring talent is there. The playmaking ability is there. So I would be more than happy to take the risk. Now, as far as the Jets are concerned, um, the Sens have been apparently inquiring all around the league for defenders. And what's kind of come up is that for the most part, teams are offering Ottawa not so great defenders. So I can't imagine what the Jets were offering. Um, I would imagine Nate Schmidt was probably at least one of the options. I've seen a lot of debate on Twitter as to whether Schmidt makes a lot of sense to dump. The thing with Nate is that as much as I really enjoy him, I think the cap hit situation with his contract is a little bit on the high side. But, you know, he's got that no trade clause for what, like 10 teams or something. So uh, I would imagine Ottawa is probably one of those destinations. I feel like he's probably not the player that's going to get moved in, in part because you really won't get a lot for him. And honestly, when he plays with Brendan Dillon uh, or, you know, Brendan Dillon, he's been solid. The question is, you know, if that pairing ever starts to to lose value or something or or start struggling, what do you do then? Is, is Schmidt really worth having around? I think for the vibes in the locker room, the answer is yes. I think his on-ice performance can be pretty decent as well. Um, you know, there are some candidates that I think might make more sense to trade and have actual value that Winnipeg could probably ask a pretty decent price for. I love Neil Pionk in a lot of ways, but I think he probably is one of the guys that the Jets would be able to live without, uh, the most. It's, it's really hard to say that because again, I think that in a lot of ways, Pionk, even though he does struggle on the ice in terms of like his personality, his accountability and leadership, I think for the room, he's a really good guy. I just think given what his contract situation is, given what has happened with his top pairing deployments and what we're seeing with him, he might be the guy that ends up eventually being the odd man out. Whether it's this season or maybe a future one, I think Neil will at some point have to relocate. But you know, either way, we'll always have very fond memories of what he gave this team. I think he's done a really fine job 
um, you know, changing to match what the Jets need. And he's given us some really amazing moments against McDavid. So whatever happens with him, whether he stays or eventually departs for greener pastures, uh, always have enjoyed watching Pionk. And I hope that wherever he goes next, if he does leave, that he kills it. But who knows if the Jets are even shopping him. They've got, you know, more left-sided guys that they could potentially jettison. Dylan, you know, Sandberg, I guess. I really wouldn't want that, uh, to be honest, but I wouldn't be shocked shocked if the Jets were maybe thinking about it. Same with Heinola. And speaking of Heinola, I do want to talk about his NHL de- or season debut um, from, from the previous game against the Canes. I had some interesting questions about it from some folks who were wondering how Billy did. Um, I forgot to mention it on the last podcast just because I ran out of time, and to be honest, it was maybe a bit of a quieter performance, but I, I still had some observations, and we'll talk about what maybe stood out in some positive ways and what Vili is still working on in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just going to wrap up real quickly with some thoughts on Vili Heinola's season debut against the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, for what it's worth, um, I think Heinola had the kind of performance that I would actually accept in the sense that it was, you know, nothing crazy. He didn't really uh, do anything that was offensively dynamic, but he also didn't do anything defensively that would get him benched. Um, Aside from some shifts with Sandberg where that pairing occasionally got pinned deep for a little bit and, and couldn't really get a defensive zone exit, I thought Heinola did just about what you would ask of him. He made some really nice passes to clear the zone. Occasionally, he skated out with possession, and he made some really good defensive reads on some smart uh, pinches along the wall, a couple of good pickoffs, just very small things to where he's facilitating defensive plays, uh, deferring to his partners effectively, and doing a lot of the details defensive work that may not look really flashy, may not do enough to really stand out from the pack. But in terms of like just getting yourself back into the flow of things and also trying to make sure that you stay on the coaching staff's good side, I think Heinola did that. This was a clean game for him for the most part, especially after the first period where he was still a little bit rusty and took some time to shake it off. You kind of start to see him become a little more comfortable. Uh, he handled the puck effectively, thought he managed it well enough. Again, generally avoided you know too, too many mistakes only a couple of moments where he maybe had like a bit of a Neil Pionk thing, maybe pushing a little bit up too high, too high in the uh, defensive zone, maybe got caught in no man's land on like a two-on-one. Same thing that we've seen with Neil before, uh, but of course Heinola is trying to limit that because he is kind of on thin ice with the staff and is making uh, trying to make a case for him to stay in the lineup longer term. Now, where I think Heinola could really be a boost is if you start to let him activate more offensively and also use him on the power play. I think that is where a lot of his value could potentially show itself. Do I think he's going to immediately boost the power play? I can't say for sure, but I think his puck movement, which is very fast and very crisp, is more like the Makars and less so of what we see with Morrissey. I love Josh, and I think he's done a great job this year, but in terms of like the power play QB stuff, I think the puck movement just isn't fast enough for him. That's kind of been the theme with his power play stuff over the years. He's got a great shot, and I think that offensive side is not really in question. If you put him like on the right faceoff circle or something, I think he'll still bag like he did last year. But in terms of what I would want from him, I think at that pivot point at the top of the zone, Heinle would probably be a better fit there. 
the coaching staff doesn't really seem to agree yet. So we'll see if they let uh, Heinola come in for another game against the wild. We'll see. I thought that given what was asked of Villy and what he did, I thought he had a very solid game. Um, again, you know, he wasn't really playing a ton. He was pretty sheltered, but in the minutes that he got, he was quiet, competent, safe, did exactly what you would ask of a rookie in a, a season debut. And I really had no complaints. I think, you know, for either party, you know, whether you're pro Villy or anti Villy, there wasn't really a lot to go on. But if you're just wondering whether he had a solid game, the answer is, yeah, he was clean, didn't do too much. And I think we saw some of that zone exit stuff that the Jets really need a lot more of. And, you know, Villy is definitely, at least at the AHL level and in some of the NHL games we've seen from him, a real specialist at that. So we'll see if he gets in against the Wild or uh, any of the other teams over the next couple of days. Obviously, a game against the Stars could be a really important one for him to um, show up if he were to be brought in on this one. And, you know, hopefully he continues to be that clean, stable force. But uh, until then, you know, we'll keep an eye out on uh, on the situation, see if Bones starts to let him do his thing a little bit more. He was raking it in with the Moose recently, was a huge puck mover for that team. We'll see if we get that dynamism and skill at the NHL level over the next month or so. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. If you want to uh, give me your thoughts on Heinola and maybe some of the trade targets we've mentioned, be sure to let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Like I said, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It brings you the biggest stories, post-instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!